bases smashed off the bat and out for a grand slam. She said, I'm playing for my dad. And when that ball left the bat and hit that building, That's we all knew what it was all about. From 1011 Now and the 1011 Studios in Lincoln, Nebraska. Playing together as a family and, you know, if one person gets out, it's not about them, it's about the team and we're just trying to come back for each other, with each other, and I think that's the biggest difference. We're just playing as one team, 17 versus one, every single game. This is the End Report Podcast. Welcome on into the End Report Podcast. This is Bill Shammert, joined as always by Kevin Suits. April 18th, how fitting, we're going to talk about a team that has won 18 in a row. Unless, Kevin, you'd like to talk about why you were up at 3 a.m. today. Oh, we don't need to get into that. <laughs> I think people can make their own I conclusions why a I dad... I think every parent in the city of Lincoln, or really probably the continental United States, has <laughs> dealt with what you dealt with uh, this morning. Yeah, just say 3 a.m., uh, <laughs> it, it's not going right back to bed either. You're up for a little while, you yeah, know, being, yeah. being a dad. Uh, but we're here. We're excited for the week ahead. And you look awake. How many cups of coffee? One. Just one. I, I'm doing right. okay. I'm like doing. I'm, I'm going off of the uh, the Easter sugar high. Maybe I consumed right. a little more candy than I should have uh, on Sunday. But uh, we're here. We're excited for the week ahead, Bill. But also, we need to look back at this past weekend. Very eventful uh, for Husker athletics. Yeah, I mean this. This is going to be focused on on really Husker softball today. Uh, we have a special guest. Joined by uh, head coach Rhonda Ravel. We'll get to her in, in just a minute or two. But let's talk about this 18 in a row. I mean, let's go back a month. Nebraska Cornhuskers are 15 and 9. They are now 33 and 9. And when they've turned it on and gone on this hot streak, Bill, who's the competition? It's been a lot of conference teams. It's Big Ten play. So right now, Nebraska is leading the Big Ten Conference with, a, I believe, a 13 and 0 league record. The team that's next closest, Northwestern, is not on Nebraska's schedule. So we don't want to just fast forward past the remaining three weeks of the softball regular season. But there's a team in the driver's seat, and they play their home games at Boland Stadium. Fittingly, I, I made this graphic for all of our friends watching on Facebook Live right now uh, and on the 1011 Now Roku, Fire, or Apple TV uh, platforms. Rank them, please. Somehow, a team that is 33-9, and 13-0 in power conference play, and has won 18 in a row, is not ranked. Until today. Until today. They are now ranked. The new polls came out here uh, this afternoon. D1softball.com puts Nebraska at number 21 nationally. We're awaiting the coaches poll. And RPI-wise, that's really the big number. Uh, it's what a lot of the coaches and those who look at how the bracket may shake out, teams that are in, teams are out, teams that might host, so on and so forth. Nebraska's 27th in the RPI. Uh, that's a good number. Bill, I, we have to mention here, too, the, the whole ranking. You know, the last poll that came out, Nebraska at the time was 28-9. and nine. This past week was so big for them. They won a doubleheader at home against Iowa, and then they swept this weekend against Minnesota. So, you know, if, if they weren't going to be ranked this week, there's a problem. But there is a way you could maybe understand in the way in which Nebraska was not ranked a week mm -hmm. ago. But, man, they have put any doubt to rest with the way that they uh, played this past week. And offensively, 
If you haven't seen this team and you like to watch home runs, and who doesn't like to watch home runs, right? Everybody likes to watch home runs. Check out this team on this graphic, as you mentioned. They are leading the Big Ten in home runs. They're over 60 on the season, and they're among the national leaders in long balls. Number one in the Big Ten in batting average, on-base percentage, home runs, slugging, walks, scoring, runs, double plays. I like how you snuck in double plays there, too. It's not just I looked a, up the ranking summary on uh, NCAA.org, and I said, ah, double plays. A little, little defense in there. And then Billy Andrews, who we have featured here on 10-11 throughout the season, 18 home runs on the year, uh, 353. She went through a series, Bill, where they didn't even pitch to her. The opponent said, we, we're going to pass on Billy Andrews basically the entire series. So it's hard to inflate the numbers when you're not getting any strikes thrown to you. Thankfully, Iowa and Minnesota pitched to Billy, and there are a few times that she made them pay. Uh, that 18, I believe, uh, second or third in all of NCAA. Uh, Kevin, would you like to introduce our guest? Absolutely. We are pleased to be joined by Nebraska head softball coach Rhonda Ravel, who joins us uh, from Bolin Stadium. Rhonda, thank you so much for uh, your time here this afternoon. Describe the vibe around Bolin Stadium. Obviously, the answer is going to be full of joy and perhaps some satisfaction, but how would you describe uh, just the way your team is behaving in the clubhouse and then around the coach's office? I think you just used the word that I was going to use. It's it's joyful. It's it's like a peaceful, a calm. It's a calm excitement. Um, I I think you know. I heard I heard earlier in the in the broadcast you're interviewing Liv Farrell there, and she was talking about seventeen versus one and playing as a family and playing as a team. And and I think that's where a lot of that joy comes from is that sharing those moments with your teammates. I mean, I was even talking to our coaching staff yesterday. After we do our hitting indoors, we're the first team to hit and they go up to the clubhouse and they get their jerseys and they all come down collectively together at a certain time. And when and I'm already sitting in the dugout, when they come down into the dugout, they already have a joy, a happiness about just being together and sharing these moments. And I think they're doing a really good job of staying in the moment. And there's a lot of excitement around our program and it's been a while. And for the players on this team, they haven't experienced that kind of success in their time here at Nebraska as of yet. So they're going through it for a first time. So I'm really, really impressed for how they're managing the excitement. And, and we've, we've been talking for a few weeks now that let the fans and our families be the hype men and women. And we're just going to stay in the process of being prepared and trying to give them something to be hyped about. Coach, I can't believe we're six or seven minutes into this podcast and we haven't really talked about yesterday. I mean, this team was down eight to one uh, came back, won 11 to eight. Take me through just the mentality and, and what you tell players down eight to one, or if this team is so special, you didn't really even need to say anything. That's right. We didn't say anything other than pass the bat. I mean, that's, we've got a sign hanging up in our dugout that says 17 versus one, and we've got a team offensive mentality. And, you know, we knew we needed to pass the bat because, you know, a, a solo shot wasn't going to do it for us. Now, Grand Slam really helped, but but uh, we just, you know, when we've been behind this year, what I've been so impressed with is we've answered back, even if we haven't cut the lead uh, right away, we've answered back. And so we've, we've thwarted off some momentum of the other team. It happened against Michigan. It happened against Rutgers. It happened. This was a bigger lead that we had to, you know, close the gap on, but it happened again yesterday. And so when you start to see that, it feels like, 
okay, we just closed it. Uh, I think we scored three in the next inning and now it was a four run deficit. So it's just seemed manageable. We have a lot of confidence in our offense. And as you saw this weekend, it was really our seven, eight, nine that led us statistically. And they're, they're taking a lot of pride in that. They're, they're like playing as a team within a team. I like that phrase, pass the bat. Um, and, but Rhonda, you've had so many successful teams over the years, but when I think about Nebraska softball uh, under your leadership, I think about Peaches James and Molly Hill and uh, Tatum Edwards. You've had some phenomenal pitchers, and it seems like it has started in this circle. But this year, with all due respect to Olivia Farrell, who's having a really good year, but it seems like there has been just a huge surge offensively you know, what's the change here? Is it the makeup of the team? Is it a focus during practice? Or, you know, did you give some sort of incentive to Diane Miller that's making her unit just continually crush the, uh, the softball? I think it's a few things. I think, um, number one, Rusty Ruffcorn, our strength and conditioning coach, he's really into it. He comes to practice a lot. He sees what we need to do to, to help us, uh, you know, maximize the ball coming off the bat. So he's talking to Diane a lot about how to get the proper stretch and muscles to fire and getting your glutes. And I can go on and on for days about that. But then the second thing is this team has really bought into, it takes work. Hitting's hard and it takes a lot of work. And it, it not just takes having a repeatable swing mechanically. It takes, you know, managing yourself mentally, emotionally. It takes understanding an approach and a game plan. It takes watching film and making adjustments as you know, your scouting report comes out on you and they have bought into all of that. And it hasn't been too much for them because they're, they have an appetite for it. And so I think it's just been a combination. And then you see, you know, we've got our old, our older players contributing, but then that's our class who, you know, really is experiencing a first full season. They just have been, I don't know, they've just been great students of the game from day one. And they've just really added a, they've added a enthusiasm and a hunger to this lineup. Coach, uh, Nebraska softball last in the College World Series 2013. Uh, I know you've been a number of times. we got a ways to go to get there, but does this team have the makeup to do some damage in Oklahoma this year? Well, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves either. And I think for us, wouldn't be productive because I think the reason that we're sitting where we are right now is because we have just stayed so much in the moment. And if we keep playing the way that we're playing, do I think that we're, we're a team that could play there? Absolutely. But I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because I really want to enjoy this. I mean, how could you not enjoy, even with the deficit, how can you not enjoy yesterday watching that fight? So I don't want to miss, I don't want to miss one inning of it. It seems like every game there's like some amazing story that comes out of a Nebraska softball game. Obviously, uh, the grand slam by Caitlin Neal on Friday, um, or excuse me, that would have been on Tuesday against the double the doubleheader against Iowa, and then the comeback on Sunday. I think it's interesting that Coach Ravello is saying like staying in the moment mm -hmm. and the Huskers. So many moments to stay in. Yeah, and, and the Huskers digital team is putting out these videos of the postgame speeches, and that seems to be. Rhonda, your message every time is like, let's enjoy it, but hey, we're not going to get high, we're not going to get low, and uh, it, it seems like it's a team that's very present, but we shouldn't be surprised of that with a team coached by Rhonda Ravel because that's been a consistent message uh, throughout your coaching tenure. Has this run 
surprised you at this group? Because I remember in the preseason press conference, Rhonda, you had a spirit of excitement with this group. And it seemed like you had raised the expectations, but what they're doing right now at 33 and nine, are they even going beyond what you thought this team would look like in mid-April? That's a great question. I don't know that I, that I had expectations. I don't know that they can surprise me. I had expectations because what they were doing every day and they were giving their best every day and they were working collectively to be a team every day and to get better every day. And so when you just keep your head down and you keep doing that, sometimes you look up and go, wow, this is pretty cool what's going on. And so what we've tried to do, Kevin, is we've tried to just stay on that because by staying on that, it it keeps, it's been repeating itself. So why would we change how we're managing ourselves right now? I, I will tell you this though, this group, our captains, Courtney, Olivia, and Carly came to me in January. And they asked about the 2013 team, the last team that went to the College World Series. And they said, do you think we're similar to them at all? And I said, well, why do you ask? And and it was actually Courtney that said, well, we've been watching some highlight videos. And I don't know, they're just really cool. Can we watch them as a team? And I said, Court, this is about this team, 2022. I don't want it to be about the 2013 team. That was very special. She goes, no, coach, it's not about that. I just think our team needs to see that because we can see some similarities. And so the coaches previewed some of the videos that they were talking about. And I said, Court, you come back and tell me again that you've talked to your teammates. They want to watch these. So sure enough, the next morning she was in my office. Everybody wants to watch them. So over the series of like the next four Saturdays, we spent, you know, 10 or 15 minutes just watching some of these videos and talking about them. And I would always say, what do you see? And it's interesting. They talked about the joy. They talked about celebrating. They talked about playing as one. They saw that. And it, they don't really know those people, but they they thought it felt good and looked good. And and I think that they're experiencing that now. And, you know, I had two of our freshmen walk in last Monday and just stand in my doorway and like, how are you guys? It's your off day. I know. We've been to the coffee shop. We've been studying. And I'm like, well, what? what's going on? And they're like, well, we just don't have words for it. We're, we're trying to figure out what life's all about right now. I'm like, huh? And they're like, well, it's just this team. I can't, we can't put words to it. I said, just enjoy it. Just embrace it. Lean in. It's a team experience. I've had a lot of opportunities this weekend, this week to talk about the team experience. And I just am so grateful that they're getting to feel that magic of team that you really can't experience anywhere else. I know it's been almost six days now, but you talked about a team, and I think if there's one thing Husker fans rally around, it's when they see a Nebraska program that truly embraces that team mentality, which you guys, you guys clearly have, the, the gritty, the grittiness, the, the in-it-for-each-other mentality. Take me back to Tuesday. Um, I mean, what, a million-plus views on social media now from that, that Caitlin Neal Grand Slam and just what it was like at home plate, and if you can somehow just, just define the, the emotion of that day. Well, as you can imagine, when any, anybody's lost a parent, especially a young person loses a parent at a very young age, um, you know, it's pretty devastating. And Caitlin's father passed away this past November, and it's very raw. It's still very, very raw for her. Her dad was not only, um, you know, her father, her softball coach, as well as 
uh, Kelly Fowler, the mother of Maddie Fowler. So they coached together, Larry and Kelly. And uh, so, you know, there have been days that are just really hard for Caitlin and understandably so. And so she's been given a lot of, um, you know, latitude to just take the time that you need. And we knew, we knew the week before that her dad's birthday was coming up. And we also knew that it was game day. So we were trying to be prepared for her to whatever she needed that day. And so it was actually Diane Miller that talked to Kate before pregame and said, what do you need today? And she goes, well, I'm going to play for my dad. So I'm okay. I'm just going to play for my dad. And, but her whole team knew exactly and knew exactly what she's been going through and what the day meant. And then, you know, we didn't, we didn't talk about it, but when that ball flew off that bat, I looked in that dugout. It's like, we just all knew. And then when Caitlin was coming around first to second, she pointed toward the heavens. It's like, I swear, I don't know anybody that didn't know the story that wasn't crying. It was just so powerful. And to watch the hug at home plate, which is customary after a home run, but then to watch the second hug, like her, the rest of her teammates that weren't gathered around home plate, just embrace her and held her. And, um, you know, it's, it's really in those moments that it's so much bigger than the scoreboard. It's just, you know, those are the things she's going to remember more than hitting a grand slam. I think we need to give you credit, too, that you shared that with the broadcast uh, in between the, the doubleheader, like in between game one and game two, uh, to raise awareness to that story, Rhonda, because uh, for some people that were just watching, it was just a grand slam. I, we should never minimize a grand slam because that's an amazing play. But for you to be courageous enough to, to share that story on live television and then allow the story of Caitlin's grief to, you know, really become viral. Yeah. And I think that it's just you don't have to be connected to this program to say, wow, what a cool moment. This is just about humanity, about a grieving individual that has something miraculous happen on a day that is close to her heart. So we give you a lot of the credit uh, for just sharing that so confidently and courageously uh, during that television broadcast. So that game was in the midst of your current uh Homestand, which has now concluded as you guys hit the road uh, coming up this upcoming weekend to resume Big Ten play. Uh, but the crowds, Rhonda, can you describe what it was like at Bolin? Uh, as the weekend progressed, there seemed to be more fans. It was still a little chilly, but folks were bundled up and drinking hot chocolate. And it seems like you have a wealth of support from Husker Nation right now. It's I tweeted that it was electric every Every clap was electric. And, you know, from celebrating Jackie Robinson Day and Peaches James throwing out the first pitch on Friday to the dedication of Ace's Place on Saturday and then just a beautiful job done with that dedication, there was a lot going on. And so there was already a lot of energy in the air. And then how our team just kind of stayed with their business and gave the crowd on Saturday, well, Friday and Saturday, really, something to – really get excited about very early and the crowd was ready to be excited. And so I was glad that we were able to help them do that. And, you know, it's, you know, I'm not one that looks up in the crowd much, but there are times, and this was one of those moments, especially Saturday where it just felt like electricity was just going through my body. And so I, I took a moment to just look up and just sort of allow it to just to drink it in. It was just wonderful. And that's why I felt like I needed to tweet something because, you know, you're just standing down there on the field and people might wonder what the coach is thinking. And sometimes we're, uh, the coach is thinking about you all. 
Coach, I, I really appreciate your time. I, I know you're busy. We'll let you go here. Uh, Wisconsin next. Any, uh, any message for Husker Nation today? Well, the Badgers are good. The Big Ten Conference is good. You look at those RPIs and you have that right. That RPI is kind of the magic number. But I believe uh, today, I, I think you're right, we're 27, but I think that Wisconsin's 31. So it's a really good mm -hmm. matchup. They're a really good team. Um, our, our next step, Ohio State's 22 in the RPI. They're actually ahead of us, and they're on our docket the following weekend. So we've got an opportunity to really help ourselves here, but everybody we play is going to be a really formidable opponent. Well, not that we're going to try to convince anybody to go to Boland Stadium at the end of the regular season, but we're going to try to convince folks to go to Boland Stadium at the end of the regular season. If this team stays on track, and Rhonda, we do understand you guys have a couple of tough opponents coming up, both on the road, Wisconsin in Madison, Ohio State in Columbus, but then Nebraska returns home. They close the regular season. And we've talked about these special moments that have happened throughout the course of this season. Well, they close the regular season at Boland Stadium. One of those days will be Senior Day. They have some very important players this year that are back for a fifth year. They deserve a send-off, and there could be a Big Ten Championship trophy present at Boland Stadium. Again, we're not trying to get ahead of ourselves, and I know when the coach hears that, you're probably cringing, like, hold on, we got some time to get there. Uh, but it's shaping up that Nebraska, if they continue to stay on track and get some wins, and uh, they do have a bit of a lead in the conference standings, it could be a pretty magical exciting time weekend at Boland Stadium. And that is, I believe, May 6th through 8th. Yep. So that's our plug for Husker Nation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rhonda, thank you so much. We'll let you go. Thank you. Take care, guys. See ya. Rhonda Ravel, thank you so much for joining us on the Inner Report podcast. I mean, there are few coaches on Nebraska's campus that are as pleasant and uh, have this energy, mm -hmm. confidence, and wholesomeness, maybe, Bill, would be another oh, yeah. word. Like, Rhonda just stands for all the right things, and um, man, to see her. And when you've been when when you've been doing it for thirty seasons, I mean, you've you've seen it all. You know how to manage the highs. You know how to manage the lows. I know this is part of one of my questions to her, but I, I really am just so shocked by the transformation of this team and how this team is winning, because it had, it had always been win in the circle, manufacture runs. Now it is just it's mashing balls. You know, home run derby at Bowling Stadium. 65 home runs this year over 42 games. And at one point, they were averaging like 1.5 home runs per game. They're among the national leaders. And uh, the ball flies there. And they've got the hitters. And one thing we left out while talking to her, too, that also makes this season really special is the fifth-year seniors. But also, there are a number of native Nebraskans playing very important roles on this team. Abby Squire from Lincoln Southwest. The Andrews sisters are from Gretna. Um, th there's a lot of familiar names. Courtney Wallace is from Omaha. Uh, there's a lot of familiar names on this roster and man are they really giving Husker Nation something to cheer about this spring. And, and the, the pitching is doing pretty well too. ERA on the season currently under three at 2.94. And they will use more than one pitcher, too. You know, this isn't just Olivia Farrell starting every single game. Um, in fact, she missed a little bit of time. And uh, Courtney Wallace is their other arm. Carly Sievers, uh, another pitcher. She is a team captain. 
uh, this year. So they're, they're finding ways to win, and they are fun to watch. If you missed the first half, number one in the Big Ten, batting average, on-base percentage, home runs, slugging, walks, runs, little defense too, number one in double plays. They are next in Madison at Wisconsin this weekend, who uh, Coach Ravel just uh, echoed to us, 31st in the RPI, Nebraska 27th. Then they go to Columbus, play Ohio State, Ohio State 21st, 22nd in the RPI, then home against Indiana. Uh, it's going to be an exciting three weekends, Kevin. Is it fair to draw the parallel from the spring to the winter in how in the winter uh, the men's basketball team struggled surprisingly and the women just swooped in and well, saved the day? Go, I mean, you don't have to do winter. You can do fall, True, with winter, volleyball and football. spring. I mean, we're talking about football, three and nine, volleyball, final four, women's basketball, NCAA tournament, men's basketball, barely getting a double-digit wins. Here we have baseball. Eight games under 500. It's very surprisingly struggling right now. One and three against BYU, and then you have softball now ranked, winning 18 in a row. Yeah. So they are. I, I don't want to say saves the day, but really, like from a fan perspective, thank goodness that they are hot. Not that they wouldn't be supported had they have a mediocre se season, but they are just filling that void for some of the fans that are craving a winner, and uh, they they are. They're a treat, and uh, I, I think that the trajectory continues to point upward. We'll find out, though. I'm glad that Rhonda shared a little bit with us about these upcoming two opponents because though they're on the 18-game winning streak, you can't just automatically just chalk it up to a win because they're hot. They're going to have to go earn some road victories. Like, likely the toughest opponents that they've faced in a while here coming Since up. Since Michigan, next, yeah. The, the next two weekends. But when you have a, again, I say it again, when you have a coach who's been coaching since 1993, head coach in Nebraska since 1993, you trust her to instill in her team managing the highs, managing the lows, and stay in the moment. And as she told us, that has been her message. Yeah. And watch those post-game videos. You know, it, like you can tell, like, she is emotional and fulfilled, satisfied, joyful, but it is never boastful, and there is not a spirit of... We think we have arrived. It's more we got to continue to prove this, and that's what a good coach does, and uh, she is pressing all the right points. I think, Joy, I, she used that word. You used that word. I think that's a great word to describe not only her demeanor but the demeanor of the entire, the entire team right now. Absolutely. They're, they're enjoying the moment. They're having fun. It's, it might be a tough ticket to come by. Boland Stadium, May 6th through 8th. That's the next time Nebraska's in town. They have to get through Wisconsin and Ohio State first. Uh, that was a fun podcast. Uh, our thanks again to Ron Ravel for joining us here on the End Report podcast. Until next week, for Kevin Suits, I'm Bill Shamert. You've been listening to the End Report podcast from 1011 Now. Subscribe and leave a ratings on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you download your podcast. For more Husker coverage throughout the week, watch 1011 Now Sports and download the 1011 Now app.